preface of the life of washington volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the life of washington volume one by john marshall preface by the author a desire to know intimately those illustrious personages who have performed a conspicuous part on the great theatre of the world is perhaps implanted in every human bosom we delight to follow them through the various critical and perilous situations in which they have been placed to view them in the extremes of adverse and prosperous fortune to trace their progress through all the difficulties they have surmounted and to contemplate their whole conduct at a time when the power and the pomp of office having disappeared it may be presented to us in the simple garb of truth if among those exalted characters which are produced in every age none can have a fairer claim to the attention and recollection of mankind than those under whose auspices great empires have been founded or political institutions deserving to be permanent established a faithful representation of the various important events connected with the life of the favorite son of america cannot be unworthy of the general regard among his own countrymen it will unquestionably excite the deepest interest as if the chosen instrument of heaven selected for the purpose of effecting the great designs of providence respecting this our western hemisphere it was the peculiar lot of this distinguished man at every epoch when the destinies of his country seemed dependent on the measures adopted to be called by the united voice of his fellow-citizens to those high stations on which the success of those measures principally depended it was his peculiar lot to be equally useful in obtaining the independence and consolidating the civil institutions of his country we perceive him at the head of her armies during a most arduous and perilous war on the events of which her national existence was staked supporting with invincible fortitude the unequal conflict that war being happily terminated and the political revolutions of america requiring that he should once more relinquish his beloved retirement we find him guiding her counsels with the same firmness wisdom and virtue which had long and successfully been displayed in the field we behold him her chief magistrate at a time when her happiness her liberty perhaps her preservation depended on so administering the affairs of the union that a government standing entirely on the public favor which had with infinite difficulty been adopted and against which the most inveterate prejudices had been excited should conciliate public opinion and acquire a firmness and stability that would enable it to resist the rude shocks it was destined to sustain it was to his peculiar fortune to afford the brightest examples of moderation and patriotism by voluntarily divesting himself of the highest military and civil honors when the public interests no longer demanded that he should retain them we find him retiring from the head of a victorious and discontented army which adored him 
so soon as the object for which arms had been taken up was accomplished and withdrawing from the highest office an american citizen can hold as soon as his influence his character and his talents ceased to be necessary to the maintenance of that government which had been established under his auspices he was indeed first in war first in peace and first in the hearts of his fellow-citizens a faithful detail of the transactions of a person so pre-eminently distinguished will be looked for with avidity and the author laments his inability to present to the public a work which may gratify the expectations that have been raised in addition to that just diffidence of himself which he very sincerely feels two causes beyond his control combine to excite this apprehension accustomed to look in the page of history for incidents in themselves of great magnitude to find immense exertions attended with inconsiderable effects and vast means employed in producing unimportant ends we are in the habit of bestowing on the recital of military actions a degree of consideration proportioned to the numbers engaged in them when the struggle has terminated and the agitations felt during its suspense have subsided it is difficult to attach to enterprises in which small numbers have been concerned that admiration which is often merited by the talents displayed in their execution or that interest which belongs to the consequences that have arisen from them the long and distressing contest between great britain and these states did not abound in those great battles which are so frequent in the wars of europe those who expect a continued succession of victories and defeats who can only feel engaged in the movements of vast armies and who believe that a hero must be perpetually in action will be disappointed in almost every page of the following history seldom was the american chief in a condition to indulge his native courage in those brilliant achievements to which he was stimulated by his own feelings and a detail of which interests enraptures and astonishes the reader had he not often checked his natural disposition had he not tempered his ardour with caution the war he conducted would probably have been of short duration and the united states would still have been colonies at the head of troops most of whom were perpetually raw because they were perpetually changing who were neither well fed paid clothed nor armed and who were generally inferior even in numbers to the enemy he derives no small title to glory from the consideration that he never despaired of the public safety that he was able at all times to preserve the appearance of an army and that in the most desperate situation of american affairs he did not for an instant cease to be formidable to estimate rightly his worth we must contemplate his difficulties we must examine the means placed in his hands and the use he made of those means to preserve an army when conquest was impossible to avoid defeat and ruin when victory was unattainable to keep his forces embodied and suppress the discontents of his soldiers exasperated by a long course of the most cruel privations to seize with unerring discrimination the critical moment when vigorous offensive operations might be advantageously carried on are actions not less valuable in themselves 
nor do they require less capacity in the chief who performs them than a continued succession of battles but they spread less splendour over the page which recounts them and excite weaker emotions in the bosom of the reader there is also another source from which some degree of disappointment has been anticipated it is the impossibility of giving to the public in the first part of this work many facts not already in their possession the american war was a subject of too much importance to have remained thus long unnoticed by the literary world almost every event worthy of attention which occurred during its progress has been gleaned up and detailed not only the public but much of the private correspondence of the commander-in-chief has been inspected and permission given to extract from it whatever might properly be communicated in the military part of this history therefore the author can promise not much that is new he can only engage for the correctness with which facts are stated and for the diligence with which his researches have been made the letters to and from the commander-in-chief during the war were very numerous and have been carefully preserved the whole of this immensely voluminous correspondence has with infinite labour been examined and the work now offered to the public is principally compiled from it the facts which occurred on the continent are generally supported by these letters and it has therefore been deemed unnecessary to multiply references to them but there are many facts so connected with those events in which the general performed a principal part that they ought not to be omitted and respecting which his correspondence cannot be expected to furnish satisfactory information such facts have been taken from the histories of the day and the authority relied on for the establishment of their verity has been cited dodsley's annual register belsham gordon ramsay and stedman have for this purpose been occasionally resorted to and are quoted for all those facts which are detailed in part on their authority their very language has sometimes been employed without distinguishing the passages especially when intermingled with others by marks of quotation and the author persuades himself that this public declaration will rescue him from the imputation of receiving aids he is unwilling to acknowledge or of wishing by a concealed plagiarism to usher to the world as his own the labours of others in selecting the materials for the succeeding volumes it was deemed proper to present to the public as much as possible of general washington himself prominent as he must be in any history of the american war there appeared to be a peculiar fitness in rendering him still more so in one which professes to give a particular account of his own life his private opinions therefore his various plans even those which were never carried into execution his individual exertions to prevent and correct the multiplied errors committed by inexperience are given in more minute detail and more copious extracts from his letters are taken than would comport with the plan of a more general work many events too are unnoticed which in such a composition would be worthy of being introduced and much useful information has not been sought for which a professed history of america ought to comprise yet the history of general washington during his military command and civil administration is so much that of his country that the work appeared to the author to be most sensibly incomplete and unsatisfactory while unaccompanied by such a narrative 
of the principal events preceding a revolutionary war as would make the reader acquainted with the genius character and resources of the people about to engage in that memorable contest this appeared the more necessary as that period of our history is but little known to ourselves several writers have detailed very minutely the affairs of a particular colony but the desideratum is a composition which shall present in one connected view the transactions of all those colonies which now form the united states End of preface